0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is The
0: Carrie Edelman Show.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Carrie Edelman Show. I am extremely excited tonight to have on the Rap Rock Alternative Metal Band from Ashes to Notes. It's going to be a great interview. I'm going to take on a really cool journey tonight of how this band came together in such a short period of time and are major, making a major name for themselves. So tonight the lead singer, guitarist, programmer, Matt Brandyberry, I want to make sure I pronounce his name correctly, will be calling in momentarily. And I'd like to just do a brief introduction to my show for anyone new who's tuning in tonight. Also, keep in mind, there will be a podcast available to download or stream after it is over, and all of my interviews are available on iTunes, too. So, uh, From Actors to New is going to be one of the amazing bands that I've had the pleasure and honor of interviewing. Some of the national artists I've had on my show have included Starset, Gemini Syndrome, Nonpoint, Boba Flex, um, Art of Dying, Seasons After, Otherwise, and the list goes on. So, please kindly support all these amazing Dance and entertainers that I've had on my show. A little bit about myself, um, I'm a clinical psychologist. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And I'm also a singer-songwriter, and I've always had a passion for the entertainment industry. So I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on and support them. Um, I personally know how challenging and difficult the entertainment industry can be, especially when people are starting out and trying to do everything on their own. So, I really wanted to take um, my clinical psychology skills, my interviewing skills, and combine everything with my passion for entertainment. So, on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. I do kindly request that um, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, we're not doing any formal therapy. Uh, or treatment, but sometimes we do bring in some um, psychological terms, maybe in an educational format, because um, people do like to learn about some stuff, especially in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of uh, interesting stories that people have to share, and that's the other thing I ask people to keep in mind, is that although I do want people to feel down to earth to discuss whatever they'd like, just to please keep any um, in
0: names,
1: organizations, etc., anonymous if you're going to you know, potentially tell some embarrassing or humiliating stories. But we do like comedy, so... If you have some interesting stories, please share them. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in, the number is 805-243-1320. I have all the information available in the chat room. But because I am a one-person show, um, please, if you want to call in, because I might not be able to get to the chat room, uh, call in and ask some questions. All right. So from Ashes New, these guys are hailing from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm also from the tri-state area. And they formed just about two years ago, which is just mind-blowing. This band is really making a huge name for themselves right now. They really combine a lot of different elements. And I really think that's something that's unique about these guys. They do it in such a seamless fashion. I mean, rap, rock, alternative, metal, electronica. I mean, they're really combining so many different elements and genres um, when it comes to their music. They're signed to Better Noise Records, and they recently released their EP, Downfall, which was produced and engineered by Grant McFarland of Atrium Audio. He did a phenomenal job with this EP. So if you don't have it, pick a copy up. Their singles right now is the title track, along with Through It All, which is having an amazing run on Sirius XM Octane. It's how I found out about these guys, is by uh, listening to them on that station, so as I said, be sure to pick up a copy of it and uh, also be sure to check them out on their amazing upcoming tour with Five Finger Death Punch in this moment and Topper Roach. So let's see if Matt is on and he is. Okay, let's bring him on. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey,
0: what's up? Good, how you doing? How are you
1: doing? Good. Thank you That's for sure. uh, joining us tonight. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, I'd like to do a different type of interview. i really like to start out kind of from the groundwork and build up, um, as I mentioned, I'm a psychologist, and I'm really interested in learning about who you guys are as people as well as, of course, we're going to promote the heck out of your album tonight, too. But um, why don't you start out telling us a little bit about, did you formally grow up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania?
2: Yeah, I grew up in a small town called Elizabethtown, which is uh, about 15 minutes outside of Lancaster. So uh, most of us are from you know, kind of around Lancaster. I don't think any of us are actually from the city, but it's kind of our central location. So um, it's easier gotcha. than saying, hey, I'm from Elizabethtown. Hey, I'm from Willow Street, and then right. so on. So <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
1: Okay. So from Elizabethtown, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, as a kid growing up, what were some of your interests? Were you interested in sports? Just give us some, you know, interesting information about yourself that people might not hear anywhere else.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I got into baseball real early. So I played Um, from the time I was four until my senior year of high school. And that was actually, it looked like that was going to turn out to be my profession and some things didn't go the way that they should have. Some choices that I made along the lines kind of backfired on me. So, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I got into music early too. I never really thought about being a musician up until probably right around the same time uh, my baseball career was kind of coming to an end. So, okay. Um, and what we got to get spot, um, just to di- here I am.
1: just to digress a little bit so we don't get too far ahead because I definitely want to hear about the baseball stuff. That's interesting. That's not something I read about you anywhere. And I did a lot of research on the band too, um, over the weekend. <laughs> so you no, know, yeah, now it's interesting. I'd like to, you know, post some interesting stuff that people won't find in other places. So you were really it sounds like passionate about baseball and this was something where you were gonna pursue it career wise? What kind oh of came into yeah. play I guess? Okay. What happened, though, that, I guess, like you said, you kind of made some different choices, I guess, that impacted
0: this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the the story behind I'm not going to go too far ahead with from okay. ashes I mean, to New, but, I mean, I think again, a lot of it has to do with my life, so.
0: am
1: sorry, go ahead. I had to do what you're like. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. Share what you feel comfortable with. I don't want to, you know, pry or anything like that. So whatever you feel comfortable sharing.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do not want to get too far ahead in the story from ashes to New. Um. No I mean baseball was my thing, and you know, I worked really hard at baseball as I do with music now, and it was kind of uh you know it was what I wanted to do is you know you're in school, and everyone asks what do you want to do when you grow up and I think that you know the one thing that I wanted to do when I grew up was be a professional baseball player, and I worked really hard at doing that um I fell into you know the wrong crowd, I guess um, okay. when I hit high school and was making some pretty poor life decisions at that point, I sustained an injury. Uh, to my throwing arm. I was a pitcher, um, and I just oh, – wow. I had an injury to my throwing arm, and I just – I overrode my injury. I didn't need to ride it as long as I did. Um, I overrode it, and it kind of just – it consumed the, – the other life consumed me, and I chose the life that I was doing with the crowd that I was with rather than pursuing my dream that I had dreamt for so long. Oh,
1: gosh. Okay. And how did you, I mean, again, I mean, music evidently was your your next thing because you guys, you know, you're an amazing musician and everything you guys are doing is just phenomenal right now. I mean, just you know, to get into it a little bit, how did you feel at that point? I mean, were you kind of like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do with myself? This is what I was, you know, looking to do and and hoping to do with my my career?
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I even really thought about it that way. I think it it didn't come until a couple of years later where I was like, oh man, like <laughs> that was a once in a lifetime right. shot that I was probably going to be given and I blew it. So, uh, you know, not too many people get those once in a lifetime chances. So um, I'm just really right. fortunate to, to have another one and, you know, definitely,
1: definitely. <laughs> about yeah. that, so.
2: Let's,
1: let's move beyond the baseball stuff, but thanks for sharing that with us. It's really, it's a really yeah, interesting no um, piece of information about you. So, you know, again, as a kid growing up, we don't have to get into baseball again. Did you have any family that was involved in music? Tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up when you started to get interested in music.
2: Oh, man. I mean, my parents were always into music. I grew up, uh, like, in a Christian household, so I wasn't allowed to really listen to anything except for Christian music. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a tolerance for secular music in my house, um, at least at the point okay. until I became a teenager and kind of started making my own rules, but, uh um, so I grew up listening to bands like Newsboys and, like, DC Talk and, like, stuff like that. DC Talk was a, you know, a rap group back when I was really little. So um, they were Christian rap artists, and I really got into that. It really caught my ear as a little kid. So I kind of just started rapping along with those guys singing along with them. Uh, you know, I've always been into music. My dad's always been, like, when he was in school, he was always in uh you know the orchestra and stuff like that. My mom—they've always been in choir at church and stuff like that. So I mean,
0: there's always been
2: right. music. I don't think anyone's really had like a—you know—no one's ever really done it. They have always done it for pleasure, not for for business. So, um, but you know, it's always been around me,
0: and right. uh, exactly. I've
2: always enjoyed something that catches my ear. You no, know, I listen to pretty much everything that sounds good. So.
1: Okay. So as a kid, you're you're like you said you're really getting involved in in rapping and I'm assuming you're writing lyrics and things like that and that's how you got started was mainly predominantly in this rap sense before you started to when did you actually get into singing?
2: Um, well for me like I never really had I think it goes a lot a lot, a lot with our lyrics like I never really had confidence in myself to be a singer like I, I just kind of was too too uh, hard on myself too shy to go out and actually pursue something like that. So I followed rap for a while, and I, you know, I wrote raps, and I, people told me to quit. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was I was rapping like in the midst of doing baseball, kind of like in the crowd that I was in. Uh, okay. And everyone told me to, you know, give up rapping, and honestly, it wasn't because I wasn't good at it. And I, I said this in another interview. Uh, it, it was really because of my skin color. At that point in time, everyone, where I was from, everyone was like, "What are you doing, man? You're a white kid from the suburbs. Why are Please. you rapping?" Oh,
1: gosh, and, right.
2: You know, so I listened to everybody. I didn't I didn't know any better. Like, I just, I listened to everybody and I quit. And I knew that I still needed to pursue music, though. Like, at that point in time, I really felt like music was really my outlet. You know, a lot of people obviously use music as their outlet to vent or do whatever they need to do, and that's what I was doing at that time, especially as a, you know, a, a teenager kind of lashing out. I needed something to, to go with my lashing out. The so music was sure. that. Sure. Uh, So that's when I discovered, you know, I discovered like metal music because I never really got into metal music. My sister always listened. My sister's a little older than me. She always listened to like Metallica and she grew up in the grunge era. So she was listening to like Alice in Chains. She loved Pearl Jam and stuff like that. And I never really got into it because I was always so heavy into rap like Tupac, Biggie and Bone thugs and harmony at that point. Okay. So, but I gave it a chance. My buddy came over one day and honestly... (laughs) You know, being the band that we are, it's kind of weird, but he came over with, uh, he came over with Hybrid Theory, I think it was like uh, 2000, 2001, I think we were swimming, and he's like, let me put this (laughs) in, and I knew what he listened to at that time, like he was listening to like Mudvayne and stuff like that, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to hear, like, I want to keep my Tupac in, like, (laughs) I don't want to listen to your rock (laughs) music, Right. so I was really close-minded, honestly. Uh, so he comes over yeah, I mean, and like you said, you guys are
1: you're swimming and he's he's exposing you to Lincoln Park and, and then what happens yeah. there?
2: Well I mean he put it in and Paper Cut was the first song on that record. And uh I was just mind blown. Like I mean, you know, Limp Biscuit had been out, obviously M T V was huge at that point. Um but that wasn't really like what Lincoln Park was when they first came out. It was kind of more had that you know, Mike Schneider always had more of that hip hop sound
0: to doing what he was
2: doing. So it blew my mind that you could mix the two together. Uh, So at that point, it wasn't what I was doing as a musician was mixing that kind of stuff together, but it made me branch over to metal music. That was kind of like my, you know, uh, my bridge between rap and metal was Linkin Park. So uh, I went out and the first thing I did was that I bought Seven Dust's record Animosity. And I didn't know who they were. I just walked into FYE knowing that I wanted to get Linkin Park and um uh, the song "Praise" was on the radio in fye and i was like man what is this and it was just like you know it all just grew from there i was just like hooked i was hooked right into metal right, I, needed right. This, I needed as much metal as i could get
1: you can thank yeah. uh, you can thank your sister and your friend now for introducing me <laughs> to that stuff
2: <laughs> yeah it's, um i mean i'm glad it happened i kind of say the same thing throughout my social media outlets like know to to my fans and stuff like just be you you know just go out and listen what you want to listen yeah. to don't let other people you know tell you what you should listen to or don't listen to things because you think it's only acceptable to your crowd just do whatever you want to do because you never know what you're going to miss out on
1: no you're right you're right and i think like you said i mean being closed-minded really cuts you off from a lot of different things that you could potentially really be interested in and could lead to something um so i can Absolutely. definitely relate to what you're saying and i think that's the a great point to put out to the audience and people that are listening. So, okay, so you're exposed to Lincoln Park and, like you said, getting into some seven dust. Um, now, you were in high school still at the time when this stuff was going on?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: okay. Yep.
2: Now, did I think Linkin Park you came out to... when I was, like, a freshman.
1: Okay, okay. So at this point in time, were you starting to put a band together? Because I read that you were previously, it looked like, in a band for a very long time before... From matches to new even, you know, formed.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, when that stuff all happened, I was going from, I was transitioning, obviously, from rap in my musical journey, in my own personal musical journey, to, uh, to metal, and I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I had no idea. So the first thing I did was that I went out and bought a guitar, because I was like, you know what? I, I Like I said, I was too shy to try and sing or do any of that, so I was like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. try the guitar thing out. So I went out and bought a guitar, and some of my friends, I'm like, yeah, let's start a band, everyone wanted to start a band. None of us knew how to play instruments. So wow. that, <laughs> that never came to fruition. Like that just kind of was the way it was. Um, so I just practiced guitar for a couple of years and, uh, I started like a, you know, a couple of friends and I, we started a band. It never really amounted to anything. I think we played like one show. It was really bad. And we all quit right, like, right after that. Uh, <laughs> And then there was this other band, 12 After. It was like a bunch of buddies. It was actually, the guy who was got me into metal in the first place, it was his band. Uh, okay. And they were a one guitarist band, and I had started, like, booking shows for them. And I was like, hey, you know, you guys want another guitarist? And they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, I'd like to play. Uh, and Dan, who is not with us in From Ashes to Do anymore, but he was um, the original guitarist for From Ashes to Do, he was also in that okay. band. And he quit. And when he quit, I was like, hey, how about now? And they're like, yeah, come on in and play. So that's that was the band 12 after that I was in for for the band that you're talking about for years. And Dan ended up coming back and we ended up playing for, I think, like eight, eight to ten years we were in that band.
1: Wow. Now this is now, yeah. hypothetically, are you like in your middle of your high school years and then continuing after that? Like, where are you timeline-wise?
2: Yeah, I think I think we started all that together when we were like 18. 18 or okay. 19 and you know, it just Wow. It it didn't it didn't end too long ago to be honest. So, I mean from Ashes only just, two years ago, so It ended right at the end of that. <laughs>
1: that's crazy. I mean and we're gonna get into that, but it just you know, reading your story and stuff and then, you know, some of the bands I've interviewed, you know, like, like Nonpoint and, you know, each Adam and all these bands are like, yeah, it took us about, you know, 10 years or it's just very interesting and it's just, I mean, congratulations to you guys with all the success that has come so quickly to you. It's great. Thank you. Really good. Yeah, I mean, really good.
2: We like to say with from ashes to new is like, you know, we, of course, it's only two years with this band, and it, it seems that everything's gone quick. But everybody in this band has definitely put in their dues. We have <laughs> oh, definitely, absolutely. oh yeah, struggled. So, um, you know, in the worst right, way. I'm not so. saying you
1: guys just kind of write like write this uh, amazing thing just happened overnight for you guys. Yeah, you definitely were dedicated and persistent and determined to right exactly achieve. Um, so so what eventually happens with the band that you like, you said Twelve After, you're with for many many years? Did you guys ever get to the point where it was you know, maybe some label interest. I mean, I don't know much about the band.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, what happened is we, we just, we we kept it alive for too long. Like, we, we, we had the dreams of being, right. you know, professional musicians, and we just kept going and going and going. And instead of breaking it off when we should, we kind of, you know, just beat it to death. And, you know, right. even past the point when everybody else quit, because everybody quit, and, and I was the only one left. I was just resurrecting. You know, I just kept re. You know, bringing new band members in and just <laughs> and just recreating wow. this band over and over and over again because I just had I couldn't quit I couldn't give up.
1: Um, right.
2: And then there was like this point where I was like, you know what? I was like, I it's either I'm gonna I'm either gonna go for this thing or I'm just gonna quit and give it up. It was kind of like a, a pivotal point in my life when there's the whole from ashes to new. My life was kind of just in the dumps, so it was like, you know, I'm going to either go for it full-fledged or I'm going to just quit it all together. And that's right. the whole thing was bold.
1: Right. And at this time, when you were, because I read you actually dipped into your 401k, what were you doing for work when you were with 12 After for so many years? Were you guys formally, you know, full-time jobs? What were you guys doing?
2: Yeah, I worked for Comcast. I was a union member for Comcast as a service, service technician for eight years.
1: Wow. Okay. So then that's after this band totally disbanded and you said, like you said, you had to kind of stop trying to recreate this band. You wanted to start from Ashes to New. Um, you decided to just quit your job at that point?
2: Now, yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of different things kind of came and fell into place the way they should. When I left Comcast, I actually left on an injury. I got injured with Comcast. So it oh, kind of all, yeah, yeah. so it all kind of fed in into one another. Um, from ashes to new wasn't what what it is now at that point either. So we really still didn't have any idea where it was going to go. Um, we're still we're still like, hey, where's this going to go? You know, we're still <laughs> we're still that young, so we're still hoping that it uh you know it takes off. But um, I mean, yeah, at that point we didn't know what was going to happen with from ashes to new. So I was kind of jobless, kind of just sitting there wondering is is this going to be my career? Unfortunately, um, now for all of us, it is our career, so it is uh, is starting to move in that direction and and build on its on its own foundation. So I'm really happy about that. Right. But, but yeah, that was kind of the transition period from from my job to the band. Okay, so I think everyone else has and a let's good story. Start,
1: so. Right, and let's start to integrate because I know that you it was you, and then I guess Chris Mooser, You started to talk with him. So I you start to you know tell the story, so to speak, of how each of these members becomes involved and, you know, share some interesting things about that, how you started to compile everyone into the band.
2: Well, I think, like, the producer, um, him and I had worked together before. It's funny because I went in with 12 After, which was my previous band. I went in to the studio that we went to to do the From Ashes to New stuff, and the different guy owns it, um, and he engineers there and produces there as well. And his name's Carson. He actually did some uh, co-stuff on our on our record um i went in and i I worked with him on the original some of the original 12 after stuff and when i went back in to do some more 12 after stuff grant was in there and i'm like hey where's carson at like i want to do some more stuff and grant's like well i can help you with it and i'm like i want to go with carson like (laughs) i know carson i want to go with carson and uh and grant's like well you know he's not available till this time and i'm like all right i'll give you a shot and uh that was 12 after stuff and i loved it you know him and i worked really well together um he engineers everything and then him and I kind of sit there and co-produce everything. So, um, it's it's really cool how we worked with each other and that's, that's how we met and we kind of just nice. kept that relationship since.
1: Okay. And then how did you guys yeah. start to, like you said, at the same point you're getting yeah. ready to hopefully start this new project?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we never had a, you know, I never anticipated this from Ashes to New Thing to be honest. Like, I don't think any of us did. Um, Chris, who uh, obviously is a singer, he uh, was with me in other bands as well. I played guitar, and um, we were kind of trying. Like, there was this band called Elysium Skyline that we had for, like, two weeks. (laughs) That was kind of, like, in the transition (laughs) point from 12 after to from Ashes to New. Um, He was in a local band called Jacob's Ladder. We had played a lot of the same stages, a lot of the same dates and stuff. So we, you
0: know, we
2: were... Yeah, we were doing a lot of the same things. And I knew, like, from when I met him, I knew that he was, like, the powerhouse talent around this area. I was like, this guy is, like, you know, he's he's got star quality. I need to figure out how I'm going to get him a band with me. And I did. I got him into those bands with me. But those bands, honestly, they sucked. (laughs) They were – it just, like, wasn't going to go anywhere because we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. Um, When that all ended, I was still – obviously, I've always been in contact with Grant. um, But when that all ended – I started. I I told Chris I was like, you know what, dude, I'm gonna just write my own music. I was like, I'm just gonna do everything. If you just come in and sing for me, that would be cool. So my original idea was was just for me to write songs, and then to have other okay. people come in and sing. Chris was one of the ideas. There was a couple other dudes that sung in some other bands. And I was like, you know what, it'd be cool like to just put some songs together and have other people sing on these tracks and just have some cool songs. It wasn't even rap at that point. Like there still wasn't the rap idea it wasn't there. Um, okay. And then Something fell through again With doing that And I was like you know what I'm just going to do vocals The heck with it <laughs> And nice. uh, and then I did it And I sent it to Chris and he's like no I don't want to do that <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh one. And finally Yeah that's why I always joke around I'm like we're going to just name this band Breaking Christopher Like it was like <laughs> trying to get into right. <laughs> Trying to get him to be in it And finally I got him to be in it We laid down three tracks with Grant because um, Grant was obviously still there. We laid down live again, my fight, and uh, destruction of myself. And my okay. fight got picked up by Sirius, and it just blew up from there.
1: Wow. And how did yeah, you, we weren't like, even someone a was interested in that stuff, did you, did you send it off to Sirius? Like, did you contact them? Like, how did you even go about doing that? Like you said, being this yeah, unsigned I, band, and what, what did you do?
2: Well, one of the selling, it's funny, because one of the selling features with Chris was, um if I call him Muss or Musser, that's usually what we call him. So that's the same guy. Okay. Um, so one of the things with Muss is, is, like, we, when I when I sold him on this, like I said, I was almost going to call it Breaking Christopher. I mean, obviously joking, but uh, right. one of the selling features to him was, is, hey, we're not going to play shows. Like, let's just do some songs. And cause we were all kind of burnt out on playing shows and sure. getting all of our friends to come to shows over and over and over again and trying to sell tickets to our friends that were tired of seeing the bands that we were in. Um <laughs> <laughs> so one of my one of my selling features to him was to get him to do this was like, Yo bro, we'll just uh we'll just record songs man and have fun with it and if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere and we'll do something from there. If not then we'll just sit back and have fun making music. because um, okay. I have a small studio in my house so it was easy to be able to write the songs and, and pre produce them before they went in for the final touches Um
1: Okay, cool. Very so cool. we did
2: that and my fight I think it was the second song we released. Live Again was the first song we released. Um, That song was originally written for 12 After, and I ended up rapping on top of it. And then we released My Flight. And I guess someone who, they must be, I never found out who it was, but someone took this song from YouTube and posted it on one of Octane's Facebook posts as a comment. And I guess... Wow. Yeah, the program director from Octane, I guess, stumbled upon it and liked it. So they started spinning it, and it went to number six.
0: And wow. Like,
2: yeah, and I was like, wow. So now, you know, it was just the three of us at that point. It was Dan who came with me from 12 After and Chris who was singing on the songs while I was also right. singing and rapping. Now we're like, oh, crap, we're going to make a band. Like, we weren't even a band right. at that point. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> we had amazing. studio drumming. Yeah, like, that's
2: we,
1: amazing. We, it's just <laughs> really cool for you guys.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So and it just kind of grew from there. I mean, and okay, we had, we, so then we were you? like, hey, please record two more songs.
1: <laughs> right. So it was it was you, Chris, and then who was the third person at the time?
2: That was it was Dan. He's not. He's no longer in the band, but Dan okay. Kecky, he was with us at the time.
1: Okay. So then, okay, after he leaves the band, then you bring on Brandon, Garrett, and Tim. All these guys start to somehow get incorporated.
2: Well, Dan just recently left the band um he was with us up until like a couple weeks ago actually um wow! yes so yeah we needed to build a band and we it it was like the slim pickings and people especially people who really are um you know uh they have the vision dedicated so right yeah i mean dedicated is one thing i think that a lot of people really are like set on what they want to do and they can't really see past kind of what they want to do or where something's going to go. I think that we kind of all saw where this was going, especially since my fight has been picked up by Sirius. So we all kind of saw where it was headed. And if we we kept our foot on the pedal and really pushed in the right direction, we knew we were going to be able to get to somewhere. We didn't know where, but we knew we were going to be able to get something outside of where we've been as musicians for years. So um, Garrett, he worked with, Chris at the Spirit Halloween store in Lancaster, like, during a seasonal time. So, okay. he played guitar, and Chris was like, yo, he's like, dude, this Garrett guy, he's like, he really likes the stuff. He'd like to come in and play bass. And I'm like, alright, we'll bring him over. So, he came over, and I don't think everyone was sure on him, but for some reason, I had this feeling about Garrett. I was like, I don't know, man, I really like this guy. Like, something, something's really cool about this dude that I think that he needs to be a part of this thing. I really felt like he nice. really wanted to be a part of it. Uh-huh. So, so, and it stuck. So Garrett's our
0: bassist.
2: <laughs> he's, you know, okay. he's great. And then, uh, Brandon was an aha moment, but he, we were like, man, like we couldn't find other guitarists. We tried out so many. There was one dude who came in and he was, he was really good. And he, he was into a lot of the same styles of music as us. And we're like, cool, this guy's going to be it. And, uh, like he stiffed us. Like he, he came in, we gave him the spot. And then I called him like a couple days later and like, yo, we're going to practice. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm, I do not think I want to do this thing anymore. He's like, I think I want to get back into doing some of my stuff that I was doing. And I'm like, oh, are you gosh. sure? Like, like you should, you know, you want to rethink that, bro? Like you can, you can come do this if you want. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. He's like, I guess he didn't really see it like going anywhere in his vision. Well, I so... guess he's,
1: uh, I guess he's kicking himself now, right, Matt?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to think I mean, so.
1: oh my gosh. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I forget real quick, just to digress, I listen to Howard Stern a lot, and I, I just, I'm just i fascinated with his interviews, and I forget who we had on. It was it was some really big pop band, and one of the members like literally had left before they started blowing up, and then they called back and was like, well, can we come back now? I think it was like a, a husband-wife team or something. It was very interesting. And they were like, no, we're sorry. We already replaced you. And it was just yeah. it was such like your heart sinks at the same time, but it's like these things happen. Wow, yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, I've always kind of been an underdog, even in baseball. Like I didn't have the name like growing up. Like where I'm where I'm from is just a small area, so everybody knows each other. But when you have a name like a popular name in that area, you get first dibs on everything. It doesn't matter how good you are. It just it matters who you right. are. And right. I was always kind of the person who had to work really hard to get what I wanted to show, improve myself that I was Mm -hmm. the guy that deserved that spot, not because of my name, but because I was the one who clearly deserved it. So
1: when people do that to me, I'm
2: like, you know what, like because you got this name or you've done something doesn't mean that you deserve this spot. So, um, and he didn't want to work for it. So good riddance.
1: So are you saying that this guy that had come on board that then kind of snubbed you guys had kind of a name?
2: Yeah, he was in a bigger band from the area. I'm not going to mention names. Oh, interesting.
1: But, no, no, no. So that's he, fine. Like I that's said, he fine. was
2: really good, and he was he he was into the same style of music as us, and he was really good. But like I said, he didn't really see it. He didn't want to work for it. Right. He didn't really see it going anywhere. So he was like, "Nah, I kind of want to do my own thing," which I'm going to you know, his own thing. To this day, has not done anything. So. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Oh. Right. Oh. Okay. Not to laugh, yeah. but sometimes I. No, I can really empathize and relate with everything you're saying, because even in my life with everything I've done, I've worked so hard on my own and it's all been because of my drive and my persistence. Like you said, it's not because yep. of a name or something like that. So I can really relate to what you're saying. So I mean that's really cool. Right. I really respect that. I do.
2: Um Thank you. Yeah, okay. I mean I'm I'm all about so, working hard for what what you get.
1: Yeah. And and it means a lot. I think it means more than if something is just I mean, hey, don't get me wrong, it's nice to have something handed to you once in a while, but You know, when it becomes something big like what you're doing, it's just it's nice to reflect back on and see all the effort you put in, and all the yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. You you become more humble too. So when you're touring with, Mm -hmm. we'll get into that a little bit. Five Finger Death Punch. I can't even imagine. You know, right? I'm sure that you can. Right, exactly. You're not going to be these egomaniacs and these narcissists that are right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, so who comes on board now in place of this individual that decided that, you know, it wasn't his thing or his vision.
2: Yeah. So that was Brandon. I mean, and it was funny cause we were looking for, it felt like forever. It was probably only a few weeks, but we were looking for a while to find who was going to do the lead guitar role in the band. Like we had no idea. And then uh, Chris right. was like, how about boo? And that's, that's what everybody knows Brandon as they know him as boo. And he's like, how about boo? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. How about Boo? And then I guess Chris had heard from somebody that, that Boo had, had a heart condition and oh, that wow. he wasn't able to do it. And we're like, all right, so we're already almost writing him off. Like before we even contact him, we're like, all right, I don't, I don't know, you know, if he's got a heart condition, he can't do all this touring and stuff like that if, if the effect comes into play. I'm like, you right. know what, I'm going to text him anyway because we – You know, Boo and I, we've known each other for a long time, and we've all known each other for a long time. Um, The fact that we forgot about him actually still pisses him off to this day. (laughs) He's like, man, I can't believe you guys are going to think of me sooner. But anyway, I hit him up, and he's like, dude, he's like, I don't have a heart condition. He's like, "Who told you I have a heart condition. So, um, and, you know, really there wasn't any, like, tryout process for that. The fact that he was like, yeah, I'll do it. We sent him the songs. He's like, I'm into it. We're like, dude, you're in. Because we had already known what he was capable of doing. Right. Uh, that was him. We had another drummer at the time, um, and we, we had kind of brought him early on. We didn't really know. We kind of brought him in without knowing what he was fully capable of, and he wasn't really fully capable of doing what we needed him to do,
0: so we had okay. to let him
2: go. Um, but then that's when, that's when we made the transition to Tim, um, we've known Tim, he's played in bands with Chris and he's played in bands with Boo. So we've all known Tim for a long time. He's always been as persistent as I've been. Um, he moved to LA to chase music. He mm-hmm. drum tech for Hailstorm for a while to chase music. Wow. He drummed for a band called, uh, Black Tide for a little bit. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. He was actually with Black Tide when we when we asked him if he wanted to join From Ashes to do it. Um and he was he was in immediately. Like there wasn't really there wasn't really a process there. He was like, "Yeah, let me finish this tour with Black Tide, and I'm in."
1: Nice.
2: So, so then you was, finally have everyone day. together, right? Yeah, and it was cool because Tim was living I think in Chicago at the time, and right now he lives in. Do mm. you know, the sirens in the background? <laughs>
1: You hear the wedding in the background. They're
2: not chasing me. I promise. Okay. <laughs> so I'm outside right now. There's some there's some cops like right down the block or something.
1: No, wait. Where are you located um, right now? Because your your time zone is much different.
2: I'm in Columbia, Pennsylvania, which is about 15 minutes outside of Lancaster.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know why I thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought that you were like. I don't know. I thought you were maybe in like the west. I wish I was in the so. west
2: coast, but uh, okay. that's that's up for a couple more weeks. Right,
1: right, okay Okay, so go on, you were talking about Tim
2: Yeah, no, I mean He's just a driven individual too So I mean, he's always been pursuing And um, it ended up working out, I think he was living in Chicago When we picked him up um, To do the drum spot for for Firmash's To New And his mom lives in Lidditz Which is like 15 minutes Outside of Lancaster as well So uh, he practiced with all of his other bands there So it's cool, it's like, all right, mom We're coming back to the basement you know, like right. the band's getting back together. <laughs> um, so right. cool that we're able to, to do that. You know, that's what we do now. Um, Tim lives in Indiana. Uh, we recently just picked up uh, Lance Dowdle. He was, uh, he's, I think he still is, the guitarist for um, Emphatic. And uh, he's, he's from Ohio. And we all kind of just meet here in Pennsylvania, practice, and then go on tour.
0: Oh, wait,
1: did you say okay. you have another guitarist, the guitarist from Emphatic?
2: Yeah, uh Lance Dowdle, uh from Infatti. He's our he's right. Dan, like I said, Dan left the band. Lance is uh taking his place.
1: Oh, he's gonna oh wow, great. Okay, yeah, now I'm familiar with that band. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. How did you guys come up with the name from Ashes to New?
2: Um, I mean there's, there's a lot of different things. Uh obviously with our bands, like all of our bands burned to ashes and this was kind of like right. our, our fresh start. Um I, I think that's right. I think that's the the meaning for everybody, you know, the meaning for me, um, when I started for masters Canoe was really, you know, my life was in a really bad place. Cause I had, I had no direction. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, man, I want to be a service tech for Comcast forever. This sucks. Like this is right. the worst thing ever. So I was making bad choices. I was basically an alcoholic. Um, I was like 40 oh, wow. pounds heavier than what I am now because of drinking all the time. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because I was happy and, eating good food. It was because I was making bad life decisions. And I was smoking like a pack and a half cigarettes a day. And I just didn't really care about life very much. It wasn't, you know, besides my family, there wasn't really anything else to care about. So
0: uh,
2: I had to rebuild that. And from Ashes to New was the, was the the starting point for me rebuilding my life. It was like, you know, I'm going to write my life into these lyrics. Like our song destruction of myself is literally about me destroying myself. And what I did, to destroy myself. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our song lyrics are all, a lot of it, most of them are about my life and, like, what, you know, what I've gone through to get to where I'm at or or, or who I was or who I thought I was being. I wasn't being myself. Like, I'm finally being myself. I'm finally me. So, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, your your lyrics are just, they're, they're phenomenal. I mean, just very thought-provoking, deep, I mean, meaningful. They're great. I mean, I, I love them.
2: And is that something you were
1: always extremely talented at doing with with the writing, or is that something you crafted over time?
2: (laughs) It's funny. When I was in 12 After for all those years, I wasn't allowed to write. It wasn't really that they were like, no, you can't write, but it was really kind of like if I tried to write anything, nobody really wanted to give it the time of day.
0: It was always kind of
2: like, eh, you know, why is he writing like he's like a guitarist and he doesn't really do much, so... I was never really given the ability to be able to write, although I always had, I always thought I had good ideas. I don't know. I was like, man, I got some cool ideas. Like, we should try this out, and no one really ever Mm -hmm. wanted to do it. Um, I mean, I wrote lyrics when I was younger, but they really, they were really dumb. Like, they were (laughs) they weren't about like anything I knew about. They were I was writing about stuff I had no idea about. So right. I don't know. I mean, I this is my first real take on songwriting. Like, I've never really written whole songs until this band. So, That's like, crazy. the first five songs we put out were the first five songs I ever wrote. Um, and then, you know, wow. the next songs are the next songs that I ever written. You know, we we co-write things, like Brandon will come in with a guitar riff here and there, or Chris and I will bounce okay. lyric ideas off of each other. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've never really... This is kind of my first take on songwriting. I've never really tried it before until this band...
1: So with the, with the songs from the first EP, like My Fight, like and those you were talking about, did you have musical ideas behind those two as you were writing the lyrics, or were you just kind of writing the lyrics and the melodies and then presenting those to the guitar player to come up with some rips? Like, how did you guys put that stuff together? No,
2: I think, like, uh, you know, for most of it, I write most of most of it. Uh, oh, okay. Especially for, like, the first, like, five songs, most of the guitar work I wrote, I, being the guitarist in the other band, I mean, I had a lot of ideas for guitar work that just never got used. Right. um so you know i mean i've always kind of been a little crafty with guitar so i don't i never do anything extraordinary i just feel like i feel like you don't have to if it fits i mean hence nirvana they never really did anything that was too flashy but you know what they did fit and that was kind of like right. my idea with this it was like you know i'm not gonna go too far at that time i was you know and i still am but i was really big into mice and men like especially yeah, like, their, their second record flood is amazing record um so I was doing a lot of syncopation and stuff, um, okay. and I—that's I, what my flight is, is. A lot of syncopated guitar work, and you know, a lot of the earlier EP stuff sounds a little bit more metalcore um, because that's kind of what I was really into at that point in time. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I just—I just put the first three songs. I just put them together and wrote—you know—wrote the whole song out, and I was like, "Hey, Chris, sing this." And uh, That was the idea, and we went into the studio, and he did it, and he nailed it, and. You know, it grew from there. We brought Brandon into the band, and Brandon and I will sit there, you know, for 12 hours just bouncing ideas off of each other. It's a lot of fun.
1: Wow. So, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's It really seems cool. like you
1: guys have a really great camaraderie now in terms of, like you said, all the pieces coming together, you know, both personally and musically. I mean, that's, that's just amazing because, you know, that's, I think, the biggest struggle for most bands is not only being able to, you know, write great stuff but get along with each other. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, you do. You have to. I mean, it's you know, and, we, and the cool thing is, is we don't have to force that. We we just do. It's it's very natural right. for us. I mean, you have your times. Right. You spend a month on right, end with sure. each other. You <laughs> get tired of anybody. So, you know, but I mean, it's it's right. a lot of fun. Everything we everything we do is a lot of fun. I think that people see that via our social media, especially our Snapchat. They see how much fun that we have out on the road. Um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't really document our studio experience too much, but, you know, in the future we'll be doing a whole lot more of that.
1: Cool, cool. So let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about I mean, thank you for sharing all you did about the band. I think it's some really interesting stories and, and stuff about you guys, again, that I did not see anywhere else. Um, so again, like you said, you've only been around about a couple of years. Now you guys are currently signed with uh, Better Noise Records. Is that who your label is?
2: Yep. Yeah, Better Noise is, Very uh, cool. they just started it, which is like right under 11.7, um eleven seven the umbrella has eleven seven five seven and now they just made better noise. So it's like us, escape the fate, um, I think apocalyptica are dying. That's nice. on that label. Very cool. Yes.
1: Um and I'm assuming you guys had, you know, I'm sure a variety of labels were interested in you. Was that the case and then you guys decided to you know, who you were gonna pick?
2: Yeah, I mean well, Rob, our manager, you know, it just sort of turned out, I mean, he managed Lincoln Park for 10 years. So um, wow. he kind of – he knew what to do with a band like us. Like, and obviously, right. he still does. I don't want to say new as his past tense, but he knows what to do with a band like us. So um, it really worked out well for us to be able to, to have him come in and be the first piece of our puzzle. And he's really been able to help put this all together, um, the way that it's been coming together, knowing how to build – um what we are as a band and who we are as a sound and um eleven seven they were kind of on the board in the beginning i don't know what happened um, i don't know if they wanted us to do something different but i, I had no idea so there were a couple other labels that were that were there as well and we almost ended up going with another label and then uh we sent another song to 117, and they're like that's it that's the song that's that's what we wanted to hear and uh, you know, we worked up a deal, and the deal ended up uh, looking like it was pretty good in our favor, so so we took it, and now we're on a better note. Nice.
1: That's awesome. Congratulations. That's great. Very cool. Thank you. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, the EP right now that you guys are putting out there, and I know you're working on the full-length, um, Gowns Ball, which is every song, and it's great. I purchased it, and I was actually listening to it when I was working out after I got home from, uh, I'll make it back, I <laughs> I work in prison. I'm a forensic psychologist.
0: <laughs> oh so, wow! I'm I'm of the garden. <laughs> the, oh, really? Very
2: cool. Yeah.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah, very interesting. But um, no, but I love to, you know, work out to rock music and you know great stuff that you guys have on the album. So, can you tell us a little Thank bit you. about uh, downfall in terms of you know give us some uh, content behind the meaning with that song.
2: I mean, downfall. The title track is really. I mean, really, what it is is we all fall down sometimes. And I think that you know we we all do fall down sometimes. I don't. There's nobody mm-hmm. in this life that's not going to fall down. But I think that the, the meaning of that song is it's pretty cliche, I guess. But it really is. Just pick yourself up. I mean, just
0: mm-hmm.
2: you don't stay down. I mean, there's always going to be there's always going to be another chance. You're always given another chance. And you know, I said it today in our interview with what I did with baseball. and Now here I am with music, and it's like I fought everything, especially with my, my other bands. Like I thought everything was over. I felt like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I said, I was in a bad place. I was in a bad place in my mind. I was in a bad place in right. life. I had no idea where I was going. But I fell down, and I decided that I was going to give myself one more chance to pull myself back up, and here I am.
1: That so that's, yeah, uh, very you know, cool that's a downfall, really. Nice. Yeah, that's no, a great track. And then the other one you had guys have out right now, which I hear nonstop is through it all, and congratulations. You guys are in the... The begins countdown on uh octane, which is amazing, so awesome, yeah, yeah great. with awesome. that, so yeah, tell us about through it all a little bit in terms of again some meaning behind that to you and, and maybe do you know, incorporate like where were you when you were writing that one, if you can remember if you can remember some you know some context behind it
2: well i mean in in the actual physical location, we write all of our yeah, songs. if you
1: can, so, if you can remember well. something interesting <laughs> about it, yeah, sure,
2: i mean we we write all of our songs through it all is funny because um we were we were really struggling like with timeline to get the record for, like we pre-produce everything before we go into the studio so it's basically like a finished song before we even go in we only just go into the studio to you know give it that really professional polished sound like if if i put it out from my studio in my house it would still be really good it's just like i don't have all the fancy equipment they have in a big studio so So you're Uh, saying
1: basically when you're doing the pre-production, you're recording basically everything. So everything's pretty much recorded in your house, and then you're bringing it to the next place to – again, I'm very interested in that type of stuff. So when you bring it to the next place, what are they doing? Basically just mixing it, polishing it, like what are they doing?
0: Yeah, they
2: just – I mean, really they have. I mean, we'll go in and and Grant and I will work on like some sounds and stuff. Some of the electronics that you'll hear, piano and stuff, we'll write in there or we'll – Touch up in the in the other studio, but a lot of times with our stuff, we'll take it in the other studio. They they just have better mics, they have better compressors, they just have better hardware and better right everything in there is just you know it's, it's millions of dollars worth of equipment. So it's, <laughs> right,
0: oh my god, it really right. gives you exactly. that polished
2: you know big sound to your music. Here at my house, I have like a computer and like probably like thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment. It's a complete big difference. So, right.
0: um,
2: but yeah, I mean, like you know, through it all. That song, we were, like, we were rushing to to get a song done. And Brandon and I sat there, like, an entire night. And we're, like, dude, like, what are we going to do? And I was, like, well, why don't we just write a rap song? I was, like, let's just write a song that's pretty much all rap. We'll put a hook in it, and we'll call it a song. <laughs> <And> just, like, <laughs> we're like, just get it oh. done. We'll write three rap verses and a chorus, and we'll call it a song. And uh,
0: right.
2: and that's what we did. Like, we wrote three rap verses, which you haven't through at all, and, uh, And Musk came in with the idea and the chorus. Like, you know, he he had like the, you know, you love me, you love me, you hate me. Like, he had that idea. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was cool because he came in with that idea. And that idea, then I just wrote off that idea for my parts. I was like, all right, so I'll just base this song after that relationship that you just feel like you know, it's going so right and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you saved me, you turned me into a completely different person and then you turn around and
0: mm-hmm.
2: left. Wow. <laughs> like right. what was your intention here? It was
1: an interesting story behind it 'cause I mean I I have it well, I have you guys, you know, you can only save thirty fans in the um serious um, you know, little thing and I have you guys saved and it's anytime that song comes up it's like doesn't matter what I'm listening to, I just put it on. So it's it is. It's, just, it's a phenomenal track, so that's really interesting to hear that, how that came together.
2: Yeah, great. Yeah, that was the last song. Yeah. That song almost didn't make it. Wow. Didn't, uh, yeah, I mean, we had one night. We wrote that in the last night before we went into the studio, and I assume we probably could have written something if we would have kind of spaced it out. Well, we're in studio working on our record for two months, so we probably could have spaced it out over that time and written something else, but... Uh, we had to throw something together real quick, and through it all. Ended up being that song.
1: And what do they say? Sometimes, sometimes the best stuff is written in the shortest period of time, right? I mean.
2: Yeah. Yep. You know. We do that with most of our stuff. We don't take very long on writing our songs. We like to we like to like get our songs written in like three days, and then move on to the next one. So. Wow. Come back. Gonna, I gotta learn.
1: Stuff. I write some stuff too. I gotta learn some stuff from you because I have a tendency to obsess. And fixate, and I can't,
0: (laughs) you know, it's like, whatever, (laughs) whatever. You'll never be
1: done with it. No, no, I'm I'm working. That'll be an outside conversation. (laughs) I'm not revealing too much yet because I I did put out an album a few years ago as a solo artist, and I'm starting to get back into it. Similar to you, took a break for a variety of reasons. Um, Really missed it. But it is, it's it's a chronic battle of angst and passion. And so, yeah, I can totally relate to what you guys are talking about. But, um,
2: so in terms no, of... No, I was the, just saying, like, if you, if you obsess right. on things, like, especially as a musician, like with us, like, if we go in the studio and we obsess on one thing, we'll never get it done. Did you ever see that picture of the guy, like, this isn't like a meme. It's like a skeleton sitting in a chair covered in cobwebs, and he's like, almost perfect. Right, right. <laughs> like, it's right. kind of like what it well, is well, in music. It, so, like, maybe, that's what, what we do with like. songs. Yeah. We finish it. We're like, okay. all right, we give it, this. you know, we don't set it, but no, if we right. get it to a point where we feel like it's good, we're like, okay, we're done.
1: You're right. No, I will. Uh, let's put this. I'll send you a private message after here. But but the person I'm working with does not let me do that, which is a good thing. And I want to grow as a person and develop and, you know what I mean? So I like that I have right. someone that can push me and say, nope, you know what? It's good. Leave it. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> so I agree with you. I agree with you. I need that. Um, you know, I need someone to balance me out. So, but, um, but no, that's great. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great song. The EP is great. So, like you said, you've been working on the full-length album. When do you guys anticipate releasing that?
2: Um, I have no idea, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, it's with us. I mean, like, I'd release it tomorrow, but there's still... Like, most of the music's done. I think there's, like, one track that needs touched up yet, and then uh, I think we're still waiting on all the final artwork to come back for, like, the hard copy stuff. So um, I think we're waiting on the artists to get all that done, and they have to build, like, a have to build like a, a marketing plan around it too, to make sure that it hits stores in the right times and it gets out on, you know, iTunes and all that stuff at the right time. Wow. So I know that there's right. like a big process behind all that. So okay. So I don't know. And how, how many? many how many?
1: All right, cool. How many songs are you guys looking at on this
2: one? Um, I think there's going to be eleven, but I'm not 100% sure on that either. But I'm 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 thinking eleven. Cool. Okay. And you're also Seven recording this with um.
1: Right, right. Of course, including those four songs that you had. And are you recording this with Grant?
2: Yep, they're they're okay, all like cool. I said, they're all pretty much done. I think it's just one that needs touched up, but I think pretty much all of them are done. I would love to show them to everybody, but I can't.
1: <laughs> right, I understand. <laughs> totally understand. But I think we might be a uh, playing
2: a couple of them on this tour.
1: All right, very cool. I'll have to see if you're coming around where I'm located. But um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about. I mean. When did you guys find out about this tour that you landed with? My gosh, I mean, you know, I mean, you're you're becoming a huge band, but these other bands, you know, are very seasoned, have been around a long time. So, you know, tell us a little bit about this tour and, and when this all came to be.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's kind of been this way for us. And I, I don't know if this works this way with every band because we haven't been out there long enough to know how things work. But um, when the Hollywood Undead tour came around in March and we got that mm-hmm. tour, it was like, two weeks before that tour, they're like, you might get the Hollywood Dead tour. And we're like, oh, that would be great. Because um, a lot of our right. fans are also Hollywood Dead fans. So nice. um, we were like, yeah, this this would be cool. This would be a great tour for us, you know, especially for our first tour. We were like, wow, like we would be so stoked to get this. And then I think like a week before the tour, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going on tour with Hollywood Dead. Get ready. <laughs> we're like, oh, man, <laughs> all right. Um, and, right. And then the POD tour was kind of the same thing. Like we were – you know, we were looking wow. for a tour and we didn't know who we were gonna get a tour with and you know, it was like two weeks before the tour, they're like, You're going on tour with PD I'm like, Oh so it was kind of the same it's been more than two weeks, but it was kind of the same idea with this tour. It was like we got the we got the call saying that we might get this tour. So when you get a call that says you might get a tour like this, you're like, Oh man, you try not to get your right. hopes up. Because you know, there's a million other bands out there that are amazing that deserve this tour as well. So it's like, and I, I don't even know if we deserve it. So I feel really fortunate that we got it. No, of course um, you deserve it, but I understand I'm but you guys. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a, a million other bands that do too. So it's like, so we got the call, and we're like, man, like, who are we competing with to get this tour? Like, you know, what other bands? Um, and you know, from what we what we heard, I talked to Jacoby shortly, um, but from what we heard, that everyone was really digging it. That's part of this tour package, and they decided that they wanted us on the tour. So, you know, I guess they kind of put in their bid to the, the agents and told them, hey, let's bring From Ashes to New out on this tour. And, you know, with them wanting to, to do it and our team fighting so hard to get it, it all just it all came to be. And now we're going out with three of the arguably biggest bands in, right. in you know, rock slash metal wow. music right now.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. When do you guys start that tour? When does that run start?
2: It starts Friday. Uh, September 4th. Oh, wow,
1: okay. Wow. So yeah, definitely promote the heck uh, out of that on this show to tell people to, I'm sure, it's going to probably be sold out anyway, but that's just great.
2: Dates are and, selling um, out, so everybody, if they're going, they better get their tickets because not going to miss out and have to go to StubHub and pay double.
1: <laughs> wow. How many weeks is this tour that you're doing with them?
2: Oh, I'm so bad with this. So it goes from uh, September 4th to October 10th. Which is my birthday. It's pretty gnarly. Okay. This thing ends on my birthday. Wow!
1: Happy early in birthday. Philly. So it ends <laughs> in my
2: birthday at at home. So it, it couldn't be better.
1: Very cool. Very cool. No, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. Congratulations with everything you guys have come in your life. Worked very hard for it, and deserve every everything that you have. Thank it's you. It's really cool. Um, so again, just if people don't know, they're going out on tour with right Five Finger Death Punch, In This Moment, and Papa Roach.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Correct?
1: Yep. Three amazing things. Very bands. cool.
2: Yep.
0: Oh,
1: absolutely. My sister's Definitely. favorite fans
2: in this moment, so she's she's really jealous.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure she'll be there on your birthday, right? To celebrate?
2: We're trying. No. We're trying.
1: You're trying? Is she that local out. still, yeah. or where does she live?
2: Yeah, she still lives in E Town, a little bit where I'm from.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Give us something interesting about and then we'll start wrapping up. I can't believe this has been a – it's been an hour. I could still go on with you forever, but I don't want to keep you forever tonight. Um, So tell us something interesting about each of you guys. Like, what do you guys do when you're – I know you're just purely writing music probably 99.9% of the time, but, you know, when you have some downtime on tour, you know, do you guys have any interest outside of music in terms of, I don't know, TV, reading, video games? What do you guys like to do?
2: No, I mean, I have a 7-year-old son, so I love to spend time with my son. Oh, Really? Uh, Oh, wow. Very cool. Spending time with my son and my fiance is the top of my list. Um, But, you know, we should really, really, we just watch TV, to be honest. I mean, we don't really, (laughs) I don't really have anything to do. I mean, music's kind of taken over my life, and it's not a bad thing. So don't think that I'm saying that as as a bad thing. But, I mean, uh, you know, like I watch Bates Motel. I love that freaking show. So when that show's on, I'll be (laughs) PBRing that. If I'm on tour, I'm watching that when I get home. Uh, Okay. Bates Motel. I mean, we watch Gotham. Um, that's a dope series I just started. That's really cool. Uh, nice. I love Ink Master. Um, I mean, okay. and yeah, I've I'm heard a big Eagles that. fan. Oh, my God. You oh, watch okay. It. That's great. Ink right. Master is great. If you like ink, yeah. if you're all into right. tattoos and stuff like that.
1: No, I find that stuff interesting. I find, as a psychologist, I find anything interesting, so <laughs> I'll have to check it out.
2: Yeah, it's a um, phenomenal show.
1: All right, cool. Oh, and and then you said that you're
0: a big I mean, Eagles football. fan? Yes. Oh,
2: my God. Beyond okay. big. Like, I would take off from work, like, Thursday when I worked for Comcast. So, I was, like, I'm such a diehard football fan. I would spend all my vacation time in the fall. Like, every Sunday I would be taking a Sunday off so I could, well, I could catch a game. And my dad and I watch all the games together. Nice. So, that's, nice. that's kind of, like, our thing is, like, that, that's really the only thing that we do. Besides, my dad's into into the music as well. So, he's constantly, you know, plugging the band everywhere he goes. But, um uh, but yeah, no, we watch football together, so every Sunday we you know we watch the games, which sucks because we start the 8th and I'll be on tour, so I'm going to miss probably the first four weeks of the season, but when I get back, I think my dad and I are going to go catch a game down in Philly, so that should be pretty, really cool. Nice.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And what about the other members in terms of, do they like to watch Bates Motel with you and the Ink Show and all that stuff? Would it, do they have any interesting uh, you know, interest, so to speak, outside of music?
2: Well we we try and stay away from each other as much as we can when we're not on tour. <laughs> we don't try to do anything. I mean Tim lives in Indiana, so he's out there. Um that's where him and that's where him and his girl live. They live in Indiana. Um and then the rest of us live here. Um, you know, Chris really he's kinda just like uh he just honestly Chris he chills. That's kinda like all he does. <laughs> he just he chills a lot. Oh yeah, yeah he grew up in the, in what we call the sticks. So, um, or the boondocks or whatever you want to call it, but he grew up, that's where he grew up. And it's kind of like his thing. Like he's, I just picture when we're not hanging out, he's probably in a lawn chair with a beer sitting in front of a fire. So I would assume that that's what he does a lot of.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um,
2: Brandon, he, he like, he does paintball stuff. So he's constantly, he rests at like paintball games and stuff. And he's just really big into guns, all that stuff. So he's, he's a big part of that. And, uh, and Garrett, um, he plays video games, honestly, like all the time.
1: Okay, cool. That's cool. Just always like to hear if there's any interesting uh, things you guys like to do outside of the music. So, very cool. So, yeah, I mean... Consumed um consumed us over the
2: past, ex- like, two years, though. What's that? <laughs> the music has consumed us over, like, the past two years, though. So, oh, that's absolutely. kind of been everything no, we've totally been doing. Understand.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, it definitely has, because... This is where you guys have gotten in such a short period of time, so it had to have. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we work yeah, I mean, hard,
2: and I mean, we're, we're in it to win it. Yeah, so. well, you
1: guys definitely are, and you're you're definitely winning it, so just uh, keep up all the good work that you guys are doing. And, yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome to come back on the show when the full-length album comes out. We'd love to talk to you about that. I mean, you're a great interview, Matt. It made it very interesting and kept me moving the whole time, so there's never any dead air with us, so that was great. <laughs>
2: No, you're not going to get that with me. I'm long-winded.
1: No, it's good. No, it's good. I mean, sometimes people are, you know, people are sometimes a little challenging to interview at times, but no, I mean, you, you shared a lot, and um, yeah, you made it really interesting, so I hope that people will check this out, because I think they'll learn a lot about you guys that, like I said, I haven't seen or read or heard anywhere else.
2: Well, cool. I'm glad that I was able to, to share some of those things with you, and, you know, I'll tell some people to check it out, too, for sure. Yeah, sure, it's probably definitely. some of the stuff that some of my close friends don't even know
1: about. So. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I wish you guys much success with the tour that you have coming up and the new album. And like I said, it's it's a pleasure having you on. You're always welcome back on the show. And, again, I wanted to also give um, Tom George a plug. And let me just get the name of because I know the company he's working with now is different than what he had in the past for um, – from high road publicity for setting up the interview and Tom's been always great to work with. I've booked a lot of dance for him and he's just a pleasure.
2: So I've not yeah. met Tom in person yet, but he has been killing it. So uh-huh. I, I can't wait to, to meet him and give him a nice firm handshake and let him know how yeah, he is. He's to come in and be a part of our team.
1: He so, definitely is involved. I mean I've worked with yeah I've worked a ton with tons of PR people Matt in terms of booking shows and he's just He's about the air. He's just a pleasure. I mean, he's just so professional and on time with everything, and it's just like, oh, yeah, he's great, really great. So, um, yeah. So again, much success to you guys. Um, looking forward to
2: hearing,
1: hearing and seeing what's going to happen with you guys in the future.
2: Awesome. Stay in touch. And okay. I'll to come back on once the record comes out.
1: Okay, sounds great, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. have a great night. You
2: Bye. you.
1: See ya. All right, everyone, again, Matt Brandyberry from from Ashes to New. So, again, check out their EP, Downfall. It is out right now. As you heard, they're going on tour starting this Friday with Five Finger Death Punch in this moment and Papa Roach. Can't get any better than that. So uh, get some tickets if you can. Like you said, they're selling out very quickly. was a great interview with them. If for some reason you tuned in late, the podcast will be available to stream and download after it's over. And He really shares some interesting stuff. And as I mentioned, I really take people on a different journey and interview with um, each of the interviews I do. I mean, I really try to take an interesting and unique approach. I'm not some cookie-cutter type of uh, person, as you can see from this interview. So please check out the other interviews. I have almost, gosh, I have almost 200 right now. And again, everyone from musicians, comedians, filmmakers, they're all on iTunes, or you can go to my blog talk radio show and uh, check them out. If you want, uh, please follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. Also become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook where you can see all upcoming uh, dates and information about the interviews that I have. And um, please feel free to also befriend me on Facebook if you want to personally friend me too. That would be great. So thanks, everyone, again, for tuning in tonight. Again, from Ashes to New, much success to them on their upcoming tour. And everyone, be sure to purchase a copy of their EP, Downfall, which is out now. Thanks so much, and have a great night.
2: plus.